Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Turned down for what? This is still a cut to me. I don't know why. I only hear it on Sundays. And so that's why I think I don't mind it as much. So I'm all good with it. Yeah, no, this is the only place I ever hear it now. I mean, it was like six months. This is the only song you heard on the radio. Now it's only heard here on The Fan. Yeah, exclusively here on The Fan. Yeah. You guys are welcome. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not Mike Lynch. Lynch is out with some friends. Who knows where the hell Lynch ever goes? I stop asking. He just says he's not going to be here. I say, okay, cool, man. I think it was his birthday this week, so. His birthday was on the 27th. Yeah, so he's probably doing something for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk to him a little bit on his birthday. Happy birthday. Lynch is only 27. I know, baby. Yeah, he's still, he's still a baby. Still got, you know, Similac on his breath and everything. But well, he's a rising star, though. So. He is, man. Lynch is, Lynch is awesome, man. So I'm hope, hoping he's having a great time. He and his, his beautiful wife. I think he's, I think, you know, he's in Chicago. That's where he is. He told mm. me that because he was going to visit a buddy of his, a guy I actually met at the wedding. Super, super cool. So, yeah, I think that's where he is. You ever been to Chicago? Uh I have not. Um, I actually haven't really been much East Coast. I haven't. I haven't been past Colorado. Really? Yeah. Chicago's yeah. dope. Denver's like my line of. That's that's it. That's as far. far Regardless east as of I've everything been. that you may read, you know, um, Chicago is a very cool city. I, I would stay away from the South Side at night, if you could, at all costs. But for the most part, the architecture, the food, you know, there's a lot of cool things to do, man. Chicago's dope. It gets super – that Windy City, that's not a that's, – that's not just a, a cute name. Like, it gets for real cold there and windy. Yeah. No, I hear I hear winter there's pretty harsh. I, Brutal. Last time I was in Denver, uh, I was hanging out with this guy, and um, he was actually from Chicago, and he's like, man, he's like, God, it's so cold there. And I'm like – and we're in the – we're sitting there in the middle – of a blizzard, and I'm like, but but isn't it cold here? He's like, no, man, this is this is yeah. nothing. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. It's all the people that live there. There's always like, what are you talking about? You're cold, man. This is we wear shorts out here today, but yeah, yeah it's no, like I'm 20 sorry. degrees outside. They're like, no, no, this is nice and warm, bro. No, no, it's it, it it takes some getting used to, but we don't have to worry about that here in Portland, at least not today. Uh, looks like the high is 82, so that should be good. It was a beautiful day yesterday. I, it didn't look like it was gonna be. And then it actually turned out to be really, really nice, man. I think today I'm going to go to the river, though. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get in. I know it's kind of cold. Who cares? It'll get hotter. You know, I figure 80 is warm enough to do anything. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, once you got the direct sun on you. Yeah, all you need is a little dip. It's like when you go to the hot springs. Absolutely. You, you jump out. Not you jump in the hot, you know, the cold water. You do the bucket over the head, and you jump back in the hot springs. It's yeah. really in vinegar. I'm probably not going to go in the hot springs. But, <laughs> but that does sound fun, though. But, no, today I'm probably going to go to the, either the Clackamas or the Sandy. I don't know, man. Hit me up here on the Bridgeport Beers text line, 55305. Let me know where 
I should go. I got this. Have you ever done the MacGyver run? I'm not sure. What is that? Now, now granted, you have to go into Estacada. Oh, I love this I go, I go camp. I go all right, yeah, yeah, the MacGyver stuff. Park, uh, just outside Estacada. It's right on the. Um, if if you go right through downtown, there's a little bridge that takes you um, over the river, and then the, right on the right, there's a little place called MacGyver Park, and I think it's MacGyver to Dabney, and it's okay. It's it's a solid, you know, I, I want to say four to six hour float. It's a solid. Oh, yeah. So float. we actually did um, uh, Dabney to. Uh, I forget one of the you know the earlier parks that you kind of you know turn off of um, what eighty four or whatever it is I can't remember two hundred five down there yeah. by um, yeah right it's, down there by Clackamas no it was it was it was pretty cool it took about three and a half hours yeah so, yeah that's know. a nice one I actually had a friend get a ticket um, last time I did that float. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. No, there, there was a, a cop actually hiding in the bushes oh, with they're binoculars. Everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they're 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 camping out like Boy Scouts. They're trying to make sure they catch somebody doing something wrong so they can give some tickets. So if you do know of the cool haps today, let your boy know. You can get at me on Twitter at TaylorMade503 at Jesse Osmond, A S E M A N. Or like I said, right here at the Bridgeport Beers text line at five five three oh five. We got a I would I would say a great show. I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but I think it's going to be a great show. I, I mean, it's going to be intense. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever, whenever it's just Jesse and I here, you know, we, we tend to break a few rules. We're going to talk about the best offseason in sports, which I believe is the NBA. We're also going to talk about what this NBA free agency really means. We're going to get into the New York Knicks drama, the timeline. Phil Jackson's been fired this past Wednesday. What does that mean for the rest of the Eastern Conference? Probably nothing. We're also going to get into all these free agency moves. Where does this leave the Portland Trailblazers? That's all coming up right here on Sports Sunday. But first, I don't know if maybe you weren't at a bar last night or maybe you weren't at the house watching it, but there was a fight last night. There was a free, which was really cool. There was a free boxing match that I think was on ESPN. It was on ESPN, yeah. Uh, that involved um, WBO welterweight champion Manny Pacquiao against relatively unknown Jeff Horn. And um, the fight, if nothing else, was entertaining. You got two guys that were, or at least one guy that was really hitting another guy over and over again. Manny Pacquiao got a couple cuts above his eyes, which made it look a little bit worse than it actually was. But the fight ended in controversy, a lot of controversy. And you had a lot of people, especially on Twitter, that yeah, reacted to it. I'm pretty sure it broke it. the internet. Oh, the, it, it, it broke the internet. Almost. Then you had a lot of people that were really, um, you know, with Twitter and Facebook. You know, that's just the reasons for people to be angry in the first place. But this time I think it was warranted because there was one judge that scored this fight 117-111 in favor of Jeff Horn. Now, keep this in mind. The fight was almost stopped in the ninth round because Manny Pacquiao was making hamburger meat of Jeff Horn's face. So if you look at Pacquiao's face, you'll notice a couple cuts. And through the fight, they got a little worse because he kept getting hit in them and everything. And, and those were from, uh, and they were from Horn's head. They, not... were, they were not from legal hits. They were from headbutts, yes. But you look at Joe Horn's face, and he looked like he was just jumped by five, six different dudes. But yet they stopped, almost stopped the fight in the ninth round. They continued. But some jackass judge scored this fight 117 111. Some uh, Teddy Atlas had it at 116, 111 for Pacquiao. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm curious of how this kind of happened. Now, mind you, 
Jeff, no, it's Jeff Horn. Yeah, I almost called him Joe Horn. Jeff Horn is actually from Brisbane, Australia. Last night in front of a crowd of 51,000 of his hometown people. Like, this isn't like, you know, him being, you know, in a different part, him, him being in Sydney, which still would have been huge. This is you fighting in your backyard in front of all your friends and family and people that you've known growing up, and you basically represent the, the, the country of, yeah? Yeah, he's like the pride of Australia, kind yeah. of the way that, I mean, I wouldn't say anywhere near the way that uh, Pacquiao is for the Philippines. Cause is he they, like Crocodile Dundee, like the Dundee of? No. I, I, well, I mean, I, I, I think he's kind of the, their pride, but, I mean, Pacquiao is a total, totally different level because that, that country's in, you know, a, a much worse position than Australia's. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, shoot. Either way, Manny Pacquiao last night was robbed. Now, mind you, it's hard to really feel bad for Manny Pacquiao being robbed. You know, he he said some pretty controversial, uh, homophobic things. You know, in the past. You know, we're, uh, kind of uh, comparing uh, homo- homosexuals to, to to animals, to dogs and stuff. That's come on, bro. That's not cool. And so for that, I think there are a lot of people that were like, yeah, haha, I'm glad that you actually went ahead and took that L. But for the most part, as a boxing fan, I, I thought it exposed boxing for what it is. And a lot of time, man, it's, it's, it's incredibly rigged. There is a history of boxing being rigged, which is why I believe people have started to gravitate more towards MMA and UFC and some of those things because there's no way to rig a guy going in there, punching, kicking, putting you in a hold and tapping you out. There's, there's no way you can really rig that. But in boxing, you can see guys dance around the ring for, you know, the entire fight, really, before anybody hits somebody. And so last night was one of those, one of those things that it, it was a bad look for boxing. But also what I think it did is it put more pressure on Floyd Mayweather. Now all of a sudden you see... Manny Pacquiao, who was the last really big Floyd Mayweather fight, saw him go in here and lose to a relatively unknown. Pacquiao's supposed to be one of the greats. Mayweather can't not perform against Conor McGregor. He has to go out there and and be the great defensive fighter that he's been for his entire career because McGregor's one of those guys. He hits you one time clean on the chin, you're probably going to go down. You're going to feel all of Conor McGregor's hits. Now, what they do with those, I believe it's eight-ounce gloves that they use, that they're going to be using, uh, who knows, you know, but all of a sudden, Floyd Mayweather better win this because if he doesn't win this fight, and it was already bad for him in the first place because for Mayweather, he is, his undefeated record is the only thing that keeps him relevant. If you talk to any really, really great boxing fan, they will tell you, man, for the most part, Floyd is a boring fighter. You're not going to see him knock anybody out. You're going to see him play great defense. The name of the game is hit and don't get hit. So from that respect, you're going to find a lot of people that say Floyd is a great fighter. But from people who really, really watch boxing, Floyd is not a knockout hitter. Floyd is not a power hitter. He's not really any of those things. So he's kind of a boring fighter. The only reason that we care so much about Floyd Mayweather is because he boasts of, is it 40-0 record? 39-0? Something crazy. Undefeated record. And I think that's the that's exactly where uh, where why we care so much about Floyd Mayweather. And so he goes out there and he gets exposed by Conor McGregor. That's a, that's a bad look on boxing. 
I just I don't I don't think there's a way that boxing would be able to rebound. Not just Floyd Mayweather, because I think a, a rematch would be somewhere in the clause, but boxing, I don't think would would be able to to survive. We got a text here, right here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. Perfect example of why no one takes boxing seriously anymore. How could judges score uh, judges score the scorecard uh, to be that far off? That's, it's 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 crazy. Like, I, I don't know how how you missed it like that, but boxing is, it, it's, it's dying, it's dying a slow death. This might have been one foot into the grave for them. So we'll see what happens on August 26th. Okay, coming up. NBA, possibly the best offseason in sports. We're going to talk about it right here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9-17 right here in Portland, Oregon. Current temperature outside is, I don't know, here, let me see. 57 degrees looks to get a little bit warmer so go ahead and start firing up your your grills or go ahead and put that that big piece of meat in the smoker go ahead and shoot me the address so i can come through and get some nba free agency pretty much started or definitely started yesterday um 12 a.m 12 a.m is when free agency started yeah 12 a.m eastern time so 9 p.m p.m. yeah so officially, guys started making moves, and this is why you love the NBA free agency period is because there are actually things happening. For the past few years, we've seen some really, I don't, I don't, yeah, cool things happen. Like it's 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 really rare in sports that you see stars, big stars, in their prime get moved somewhere else, or or get traded somewhere else top 15 guys and they're not just their position but you know in the league get traded like it's it's very seldom in the nfl that you see a, a randy moss to the new england patriots or for that matter you know for you jesse seeing peyton manning go to the denver broncos it requires typically somebody that's not in their prime somebody who's disgruntled or you know somebody coming off of an injury for a move like that to happen in yeah, the nfl typically there's a lot of drama behind somebody being moved or something like that but in the nba like things can seem all well and good and guys get ready to leave you know we've seen lebron james the best basketball player in the world uh go from cleveland to miami and back to cleveland we see, last year we saw on the 4th of July Kevin Durant make the decision to say, man, I'm going to go ahead and play with the Golden State Warriors. So we've seen this happen, but draft night was the first night that we actually saw the first big splash of any offseason moves as we saw Jimmy Butler get traded from the Chicago Bulls to the Minnesota, Tim- Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, at that point, it made the Timberwolves better. I'm not going to say a, a, a playoff team or not even a, like a – uh, a top four Western Conference team, but uh, uh, they're definitely in the, in the playoffs at that point, considering some of the moves that have happened. But I'm looking at the NFL, and mind you, this year the NFL has made some great moves, but I think a lot of them have kind of been brushed under the rug. Like, uh, does anybody know that Alshon Jeffrey plays for Philadelphia now? Like, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure people know, but it's just one of those things. It's not as talked about. Like, we'll talk about. Chris Paul going to the Rockets for the next three months until the season starts. But did you know that, well, I'm sure people know, but Beast Mode came back. 
or Brandon Marshall went to the Giants. You know, so there are things that happen, and I just think the NFL. I don't know. This is kind of where they fall, where they where they fall behind, because this is still really exciting for the NBA. Free agencies period is exciting. I don't think you see as much excitement for the most love sport in in America, which is football. I think you see big names move. You just don't see big names at flashy positions. You don't see quarterbacks move typically. You don't see wide receivers move as much unless they're older. But you see linemen move. You see defensive linemen, offensive linemen uh, move. You'll find linebackers that'll move. You'll find cornerbacks that move. But these aren't the faces of the NFL, despite that they might be the best at their position and they might leave their team. They're still lacking to be the face of the NFL. Yeah. Uh, And that is where it is more exciting in the NBA. Now, the, the problem is, is you're also seeing... Where for years and years and years you've seen the media and fans alike complain about the unbalance between the West and the East and the NBA, and now you're just seeing those scales tip more towards the West as more players are fleeing to the West or being traded to the West, uh, whether it's free agency or these trades, and and so now it's like it's it very much seems like a one horse race in the East, maybe two if if. Um, you know, the Celtics can make a big move in, in free agency, but a one one horse in the East and then one horse and, you know, a couple second-place contenders there in the West. But it it does seem to take a lot of fun out of the regular season of the NBA, as much fun as this has been. Like, watching Jimmy Butler get traded, and you're, you're just kind of gasped at what they paid to get Jimmy Butler. And I know you and I were talking about the show where you think about what, it costs to get Paul George, two players, no picks. You'd pay that any any day of the week. Portland, you know, Blazer fans are probably going, how did we not make that happen? When you're looking at um, at, at the Jimmy Butler trade, a couple um, players, and you, you swap picks. And then you look at the Chris Paul trade where Houston literally traded like a third of their roster yeah. to get Chris Paul. And you're going, how is this working out? How are certain GMs getting these deals done for a small price? Because when you think about what Pritchard was saying and how much he wanted for a guy like Paul George and what he got back, you're thinking, well, what's going on here? And I think that's why it's so exciting because there are storylines behind why these guys are moving. You know, there's a story behind Chris Paul. Apparently from what we hear, he and Doc Rivers haven't got along and have never got along. So, it would it, would it make does it in his mind it made sense just to get rid of Chris Paul man here take what you want I'll fleece all these guys man I just I just need to get rid of this guy that makes sense to me because there was already hatred there we we've heard that the Trailblazers were in the mix for Paul George but who is the Indiana Pacers general manager Kevin Pritchard and I heard there's and I'm like mind you from where everything we've I've read there may still be some hurt feelings with uh, with Kevin Pritchard towards the Blazers organization so you didn't take that phone call yeah. or he didn't do this so that those are the, and I think those are the things that kind of go, come along with those offseason moves for for NFL players for the most part when guys get moved, I don't think it's a personal decision. Like, you mess up our locker room, unless you're a Terrell Owens or something like that, which I still don't agree with, but whatever. Yeah, you know, do but I. Unless you're Unless you're a guy like that who's just a, a constant problem in the locker room, those storylines don't typically exist. You know, with Brandon Marshall, from everything we've heard, was a, a, a good New York Jet. 
So for him to leave and go to the, the Giants, there's not much controversy there. But around these guys, you you know, we know Paul George is going to the Lakers. What happens if OKC does well though? Like, and I think that's why this offseason, these offseasons are better than definitely baseballs. Like baseball things you know, and things. Only people that know about baseball trades and free agency are Lynch and uh, Patrick. I'll tell you what, winning cares a lot. You know, he might want to live in L.A., but Paul George might find out winning 55 games in OKC and making a run to the Western Conference Finals is more fun than going and playing with Lonzo Ball and a bunch of other young players that haven't figured it out yet. And and so I, I don't necessarily think it's signed, sealed, and delivered for him to go to L.A., and I do think that L.A. should have made more of a push to get him. And and then going back to the whole Kevin Pritchard not taking the call, this is the this is the problem with with GMs and why you see certain GMs um, succeed and certain GMs fail. When when you start holding grudges or start fearing certain GMs and not dealing with them because you're afraid that um, you're going to get fleeced by them and, and Danny Ainge in in Boston who has the best assets to trade with bar none, or you don't want to deal with Portland because they hurt your feelings. That is hurting your team. When you think of the assets that you got in return, because of you didn't want to deal with certain teams, you got a, you got fleeced. You fleeced yourself because you didn't want to get fleeced by Danny Ainge. Yes. Like that's, that's bizarre to me. And so, and, and I, and I think that's kind of why, you know, we can, we can talk storylines outside of just the actual trades and, and free agency signings all day. And I think that's why this off season is just cooler. We got a text here on the Bridgeport beers text line. Uh, When LeBron's move back to Cleveland was leaked by his bakery or whatever, I was furious uh, at reporters for taking it seriously. NBA moves can be shocking. Yeah, they can. And NBA moves are made on Twitter. Like retirements. I think Shaq tired, retired on Twitter. You see a lot of guys that, you know, leave little emojis about where they're about to go and how they're, or what they're not about to do or whatever the case is. So you, you see a, a lot of these guys really taking matters into their own hands. And sometimes you hear about stuff happening that, wasn't made by any of these people. For instance, the Knicks saying that John Calipari reached out and said that he was going to, or he wanted to be their general manager or their president. I don't think how Coach Cal would have done that, but you know, that's that's people taking a story and kind of running with it. But that's the way things go in the social media area. So now that we're in the best offseason in sports, the, the the battle is on, the race for second place. And we're gonna talk about what teams got better what teams decided not to make a move at all and how either that and any of that matters because everybody will be finishing second and third to Cleveland and Golden State. That's coming up next on the fan, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.32 right here on your Sunday morning on The Fan. I'm watching some 30 for 30. Which one is this? I don't know. It's about Colorado. This is uh, the gospel according to Mac. And it is the polarizing, polarizing belief and on-field success of former Colorado football coach Bill McCarthy. McCartney, excuse me. Uh, is he the one... He's not the one that uh, all the controversial at the end of his tenure there, was it? I don't remember. Probably. I can't remember. Had all the weirdness go on 
the fall of Colorado was actually kind of interesting. Colorado used to what used to be just a powerhouse, you know, in football. Do you, we probably don't remember that Oregon played Colorado in the Fiesta oh, Bowl, which should have been the national championship game for for the Oregon Ducks. I want to say back in was that two thousand one. Yeah. So our senior year of high school, man, is when that that should have happened. The Ducks were robbed, but they've been back there a few times before, or a few times since. Excuse me, and didn't really work out the way the Ducks had hoped, but. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe you know, things have worked out all right for the Ducks. You know who else things worked out for? The Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Because during this free agency period, they got all their horses back. Now, mind you, Andre Iguodala, I don't think he is going to make or break the Golden State Warriors. However, having him there, uh, making sure you kind of keep that familiarity with a lot of the team, that was a big move. And considering Iguodala, uh, was he on his way to Houston? Is I think initially what we had, what we had heard some reports that I think Houston, San Antonio, something. He was going to meet with with a couple of Texas teams, and it makes sense. No state tax there, so you get all that little check. But yeah, he decided contenders. To stay. Yeah, he decided to stay with his his two time champions, Golden State Warriors, as well as Sean Livingston. I think we kind of overlook Sean Livingston's con- con- uh, contribution to the Golden State Warriors. He's a long defender. He's got a, a floater that never misses. And we forget Sean Livingston's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, like he was a 6'9 point guard. And before that knee injury, Sean Livingston was headed for, I Starting. thought he was, yeah, he was going to be a star before that knee injury and that kind of hampered him. But at the same time, because of that knee injury, he was able to take a much lesser role and on a, on a better team and become an NBA champion. I think that's what most of the free agents are thinking or hope, hoping right now, that if I take some less money, then it might put us in a better position to sign more people and get there. That's what Jeff Teague did. Jeff Teague took three years, $57 million, to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are a name that we've been saying a lot over the last week since the draft, and now, for me... They just made themselves a, a legit Western Conference team. And dare I say, possibly a top three seed in the – well, two or three seed in the West. Here's why I say that. Now, I said this yesterday on my Facebook, and everybody jumped on me, including uh, Mr. Oregon Duck himself, Jesse Osmond. But you look at the Western Conference as it is right now, and you look at any one of these rosters, you tell me uh, – not name the Golden State Warriors a better one through four on a, on a starting roster. I don't think you can. I don't think there's one in the Western Conference. You can say one through four. Let's just let's just go ahead and recap, shall we? Chris Paul is gone from the Clippers. He's for he's plays for the Rockets now. So let's just go ahead and say the Clippers are out. I think that's fair to say that the Clippers aren't going to be very competitive. OKC just gets Paul George. They basically just got Kevin Durant light. We know Kevin Durant genuine draft didn't really work as well in OKC the first time. Now you add the kind of the the version of him that's just a little I don't want to say worse because Paul George is nice, but just not as good as Kevin Durant. So so they're not really winning any anything from there. Memphis, huh? When was the last time Memphis has really been uh, a team that really strikes fear into people? The Blazers. Blazers didn't really do anything to get better. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the second hour. But 
you look at all these teams in the Western Conference and what's to say Minnesota can't do well? Let's just go ahead and say this. Jeff Teague is a solid point guard. Are his numbers going to blow you away? No. But do Mike Conley's numbers blow you away? Because they're about the same. Actually, Jeff Teague averages more assists than Conley. So in, in that respect, man, the, things lean in the, in the favor of Jeff Teague. Now, mind you, Teague's played in the Eastern Conference for most of his career. So keep that in mind. Jimmy Butler is a better version of whatever Tony Allen is. Tony Allen can play defense. Jimmy Butler can play defense. Oh, and Jimmy Butler can get you 25 points a night if he so pleases. Andrew Wiggins is a guy who averages 23 points and still can't shoot. He still doesn't have a jumper at all, and he still averages 23 points. The best jump shooter on their team is Carl Anthony Towns, who also averages 23 points. So I'm looking at those, that team and saying, why can't they tough it out? And then you look at who their coach is, Tom Thibodeau, somebody who preaches defense and, and, and forces players to play defense. Some say maybe even a little bit too much, but the one thing we do know is Jimmy Butler loved playing for Tom Thibodeau. And now that he's back in Minnesota, I'm looking at this team saying Minnesota could wreak some havoc on the Western Conference. Now, are they going to beat the Golden State Warriors? No. No. That's, that, that's, I think that's what everybody's building towards. How do you beat the Warriors? How do you beat the Cavs? And I think if there's any team this offseason that's taken more steps to get close to that, it's the Golden State. Excuse me. It's the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, they had the most steps to take to get there. Um, whereas there are other franchises that are closer to get there. Like, um, despite the fact that teams like San Antonio have stayed pat so far, they haven't really done anything yet. Ginobili's not going to be around anymore. Tony Parker's a question mark. You still have Popovich. You still have um, Kawhi Leonard, who I thought was an MVP candidate last year or this last season. Um, you still have LaMarcus Aldridge. They kept Patty Mills around. Like, they... They have pieces there that's still going to be a formidable team. That's still going to be a 50-plus win team. Um, Is Ginobili retired? I I think that's the the consensus that he's not going to be back next year. I don't know if it's official, but I I don't think he's supposed to be back. Um, And even then, it's, you know, how how many miles does he have left on on those legs? Um, You know, the, the West, I think, it's easier to catch a team like Houston because I think it's going to take a little bit time to to gel. I think they're going to take take a little bit of a step back. They lost a lot of pieces, um, but at the same time, we don't know. What they, you know, they're not done, and they shouldn't be done because they lost a lot of their roster. Um, OKC has got to be hard to catch. Yeah. Um, Portland's like I, uh, you know, we were talking before. I still think there's a lot of talent there. We've seen them be successful with this roster. Uh, we saw success last year with the added pieces um, when they were all together for a short amount of time. Like, that's mm-hmm. not going to be an easy team. No. Um, it, so it, they had the most steps to take to get there, but I think they took the steps that are needed to, one, end that playoff drought because they are the longest. They have the longest playoff drought in the NBA. Yeah, they, they need to fix that soon. And I think this is the year they're going to do that. And they do have the pieces to be a top four, top five team in the West. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think it just comes down to two things. You have to change that culture. They don't have a winning culture there, and they really haven't. They had a couple well, years with Kevin Garnett, and that's been about it. And, and I think we could say the same thing for what's now the, the juggernaut of the NBA, the Gold State Warriors. Yes. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. You know, there's never been a winning culture uh, placed in these places, and it really it takes a great coach, and it also takes a great group of guys to go in there and really help changing. Winning changes all those cultures. Let's just say that. 
the, the, the winning, when you win games, like people will mask, it'll mask everything else. We got a couple texts here on the Bridgeport Bears text line. Uh, Iggy buffers the Warriors from injury too. That's a very good point. Uh, that's the only thing that can derail them next year. That's from Billy G and PDX. Got another one that says Wolves, Western Conference Finals in two years. Uh, Iguodala is the biggest signing in the offseason to me. Uh, if he had left, there was a silver chance of someone, um, someone could have beat the Warriors next season. Very true. You know, like I think Iguodala is one of those glue guys that he does a little bit of everything, can shoot a little bit, can pass a little bit, can play some good defense. You know, is going to give you all the hustle in the world. Mind you, Iguodala was an all-star. We kind of tend to forget that. He's Iguodala, had, it's he's, a finals MVP, yeah, too. Yeah, he's a finals MVP. So he, he, he's not a, a weak player at all. Uh, T-Wolves should finish the top half of the West, of the West and definitely will make it. Uh, we'll make it ahead of Portland. Huh? Kills me that Jimmy Butler was available and we didn't make a stronger push to land him. Yeah, and I think the Blazers were kind of thinking what most teams were thinking. is it, it was just too rich for what they were asking. If you're the Blazers, you would have definitely had to give up a CJ or give up a Nurkic or something like that. And I think if you're trying, if you're honestly trying to compete with the Warriors, the last thing you can do is lose pieces. Yeah. You can't, you you can't, it's not going to work. Like, for Cleveland to continue to say, and we have to wrap here, but for Cleveland to continue to say that we're, we're going to shop Kevin Love for something, it's like, you can't lose Kevin Love. You have to keep Kevin Love and get a piece in exactly. addition to. The Warriors aren't losing pieces. They're gaining pieces. So if you think you're going to lose Kevin Love or you think you're going to lose C.J. McCollum or Nurkic and still be as competitive as you are, you're you're BS crazy. No, it, it, I agree. You can't, it, you know, it's addition by subtraction. It doesn't really work. You, you if you're going to stay with the Warriors, you don't, you don't get rid of another star for another star because then you're still with just three stars to their four. You need another fourth star. And and that's what you're talking about right there. And, and yeah, you're right. You can't get rid of a CJ, uh, you know, because you know what? CJ and Dame are your Splash Brothers. That's yeah. Portland Splash Brothers. And you cannot beat the Splash top, Brothers without other three-point shooters. And those guys, despite what you think, in the NBA. So. they are one of the best in the NBA uh, bar, you know, None. So we were going to talk about the Knicks when we come back, but there's still a couple teams that we've got to talk about free agency. The Houston Rockets made a big move in getting uh, really another another ball-dominant guard. We'll talk about what that looks like right here. Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Got me singing them love songs. She got me up all night. Singing them love songs. It's a great record, bro. J. Cole. This is a good song for those who don't know who J. Cole is. I went to the Blues Fest last night and uh, got a chance to see a, a friend of mine's band, uh, Dirty Revival. Shout out to Chris from Portland and the rest of the Dirty Revival band. It was super dope. Like, they played on the main stage, and if you've never been to the Blues Fest in the first place, it, it really is one of the cooler events that we have here, especially if you like music. You know, this is a good, great opportunity to get out and hear some really good, um, a lot of times, local bands and some national bands. So it was an awesome experience. It's going down at the Tom McCall waterfront. So go see what's up if you don't have a whole, whole lot to do that do today. I think it's going for the next two days. Uh, I don't want to say next three days through through the holiday. So if you guys are around, man, go go check it out. Trust me. You, you won't be disappointed. Relatively reasonably priced beers, you know, six, five, six bucks, which is different because usually, it, you know, some of these things, the beers are like $9, you know, $10, but these ones weren't, weren't too, too bad. So moving on, 
NBA free agency. There's one other team that we kind of forgot to talk about, and they're really the only one that's made uh, as much of a, of a splash lately, and that was the Houston Rockets. Uh, they made a big move earlier in the week acqu- acquiring uh, Chris Paul from the uh, what's now the defunct <laughs> Los Angeles Clippers because I think the Clippers are going right back into the toilet in which they came. I- uh, Okay, I I don't think the dis- the decline is going to be as steep as what you would think. It's they're I think they'll be competing for a 7th 8th seed in the West with what they still have left. They 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 retain Blake Griffin, the injury beast. Um, you know, they they still have a really good front court. They're gonna have to play some really solid defense out on out on the perimeter, and that's what I as I've been thinking about this. That's what you have to do. That's the adjustment you have. Patrick Beverly, he's a really good defender out on the perimeter. But that's you can't what score. You, you you can't score exactly. So now all of a sudden you're turning into an inside team. This looks more like a a you know an '80s early '90s type of basketball team where you're just working in the paint. Um, you need a shooter. Losing JJ Redick hurt. Um, you you have to have guys on the perimeter now that are going to lock down and play defense because now you're feeding through the post. Yeah, absolutely. And I really I was thinking, and I think we might have spoke about this last week on the show. I thought Blake Griffin was really the play for the Houston Rockets, only because mm-hmm. like the one thing the Rockets do really well is they're a great three point shooting team. Um, I think they lost Ryan Anderson. Is that is that is that the case? I saw some some things that he may be moving. I don't know if that's been made official yet, but. Um, Either, either way, you know, Houston is a great three-point shooting team. And so because of that, the one thing they don't have is somebody streaking towards the basket that can kind of make something happen. Blake Griffin has a nice little spin move, so once he gets towards the basket, he can make that happen. He can obviously take off and just punch on you if he needs to. But James Harden averaged or uh, helped Clint Capella score on 88% of his assists. So that means without James Harden getting Capella the ball in positions for him to score, he doesn't score. So if you have a guy like Blake Griffin, who uh, if everybody is spread out on the three-point line, he's streaking towards the basket, those are alley-oops all day. That's the new Lob City. And that's what, I, if there was a move coming from the Clippers, I thought it would have been for Blake, Griff, Blake Griffin. But again, that storyline between Doc Rivers and Chris Paul wasn't cool. And they just had to get rid of him. And so... That's what they did. But I'm kind of like you. So when I, when the trade first happened, yeah, I don't I don't like that. That doesn't make sense for Houston. James Harden is just coming off of his second runner-up to the MVP in, in three years. Um, he just had the best year of his career as far as being a distributor of the basketball and, and led the league in assists. You've got two ball dominant dudes. Why would you why would you need that? But then I start thinking about it and said, well, this might be great because I honestly don't think James Harden wants to be the primary distributor. I think he would much rather be the guy that scored points. And the one thing Chris Paul has never, ever, ever had, you look at any roster Chris Paul's ever played with, he's never had a dominant wing player. He's never had a dude that he can throw the ball to on the wing and say, go get me a bucket. By the time he played with Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce is obviously over the hill. By the time uh, J.J. Redick is just a jump shooter, nothing more, nothing less. Who, who's the best J.R. Smith when they played for New Orleans? Like, I mean, seriously, like, who is the best wing player he, he's had? He hasn't had one. And now all of a sudden he gets a top five player in the league to play alongside with. So I thought about that and thought about the fact that Houston loves to shoot. 
And if he gets James Harden the ball, he can make his way towards the rack. I'm seeing Chris Paul averaging 11, 12 assists. And mind you, here's what we don't say about Chris Paul. I think he's one of the more disrespected guards in the league. I have a, good, a great friend who thinks Chris Paul sucks. And I'm like, you're crazy to me. But for all he does as a point guard, Chris Paul is a great scorer. He can definitely, because he, he's one of those guys that can put up 25 a night if he so pleases. He doesn't because, well, if I'm scoring 25, then what is DeAndre doing? He's not going to score at all if I don't put the ball in positions to where he can be successful. That's the mark of a great point guard. Ike Magic can't, could score 30 if he wanted to, but if I'm scoring 30, then that means Kareem ain't getting his money. And that means Cooper's not getting his money. And that's a problem for, for everybody else. And so Chris Paul is probably one of the last point guards in the league, not named John Wall, that really believes that I got to get everybody else involved if this is going to work. And I think he's got the perfect running mate in James Harden who has no problem letting it fly. I, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think it um, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in the D'Antoni system because I know that he has been a guy that... He's been a guy that's ran a slower pace system for most of his career as opposed to that fast-paced D'Antoni system. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in that. Um, if there's going to be any sort of blend between that half-court pace and the full um, and the running that D'Antoni likes to do. And, you know, you're not going to see Harden seed the ball 100% of the time. It sounds like they're going to try to do a 50-50 split of who's taking care of the ball, who's facilitating um, the offense. And I think that is going to be intriguing and fascinating, and it's going to be really hard on opposing defenses to slow down when you have two different types of guys that um, are two different types of players and so good with the ball in their hands. And you, like you said, Paul is a great scorer. Harden's a great scorer. You have two guys that you have to really worry about. and But both you know, great passers, too. Exactly. Yeah, you obviously when Harden had a, averaged like 11 assists last season, he's he he you've learned how good of a passer he really is and how good of how much better he can really make his teammates. Um it, what worried me about this was losing Patrick Beverly, losing that defense. And I know Chris Paul brings some he's a really good defender. Um there's there's that question of depth. Now, of how are you going to fill in the rest of that roster? This is my question yeah. in Minnesota. How are you, how, you know, you have a great starting four right now. What about the rest of the 11 players uh, on the roster? I was going to get to that. We got a uh, text here on the Bridgeport Bears text line from the homie Zach in Portland. Uh, the Clippers are so screwed, and I totally agree with that. They have Blake, but he's, he's an injury-prone machine. He's always hurt. Uh, Jordan can't score. No one can score. They won't be able to keep up. You're absolutely right, Zach in Portland. Like they have, listen, this, so this is the Clippers roster as it stands just today. Mind you, there'll be some changes to it. Alan Henderson, Brandon Bass, Patrick Beverly, Jamal Crawford, Sam Decker, Juan Evans, Raymond Felton. <laughs> what? He's done. <laughs> Raymond Felton. Blake Griffin, Montrez, Harrell, uh, uh, Duran Hillard, Bryce Johnson, Wesley Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Liggins, uh, Lockboot. Bob Mute, Austin Rivers, Maurice Spates, um, Diamond Stone, Sendarius Thornwell, Lou Williams, Kyle Wilcher. Shout out to Kyle Wilcher, South Medford. That team sucks. That's, there's <laughs> this no is not a point. good. This is not a good NBA roster. This is the New York Knicks, the the Brooklyn Nets roster of the Western Conference. This is a not. Uh, 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 every, nothing about this team screams. 
we're going to get better. And the only way, only reason you keep Blake Griffin is because how else do you open a new, a, a new building? How else do you open a new arena without a star? You think Patrick Beverly is going to be the guy that you put up on the marquee? Absolutely not. You have to have a star if you're going to build a new arena in uh, is it is it Inglewood? Where's the new Where's the new one going for the Clippers? I want to say it's Inglewood. You've got to you you've got to be able to sell that place. And if you're a Clippers fan right now, I want to I want to talk to Crawford. I want to see how Crawford feels today. You know, just knowing that they gave Blake Griffin all this money, and well, it's not really all this money. I got to stop saying that because Steph Curry just became the NBA's first $200 million man. $201 million, excuse me. So Steph Curry, the only unanimous MVP in the NBA, $44 million a year. Damn, Steph, can I borrow 10? I just need 10 bucks for gas right now, and I'll be good. But is there is there a more deserving player not named LeBron James and Steph Curry of that $44 million? I, Honestly, is there? Uh, he's, no, what he's, he's done to resurrect that franchise. What he's done to resurrect basketball. Like, here's what Steph has done. If you're a five foot ten to six foot two guard, you've got a chance now. If you can shoot and shoot consistently, man, that dream of you playing in the NBA is it's it's not so small anymore. Now it's still small, but it's a little bit bigger all of a sudden. Because Steph Curry has showed that, man, I can do this. Now, mind you, all you have to do is have a dad to play in the NBA, have shooting coaches your entire life, and just have a gym in your backyard or your basement. And voila, you're one of the best shooters in the world. And do that every day for 23 years or so, and you'll be great. Just like Steph Curry, just like Clay Thompson. You'll be able to shoot just like those guys. That's just what I think. I think it's I think it's... Make it science, man. Well, when you come down to it, I mean, especially when you get to that level. Uh, Wilcher did go to Jesuit. I'm sorry. I'm tripping. Forgive me. Yeah. Singler, South Metro. Shout out to Jesuit. Shout out to Jesuit and, you know, the... The dominating uh, high school fran- I don't like, think I, I don't think I've ever been to a game when somebody's beat Jesuit. I... I've been to a lot of Jesuit games, and everyone I've been to, like, Jesuit always wins. I can't think... Like, I went to a lot of Jesuit... Um, Games during that four peat, where they just kept winning state title after state title. After Actually, state I have a good friend of mine, DJ title. Jackson, was the uh, running back for Jesuit as they won like four. Well, the first time they won like four straight uh, state championships. So that just happens. University so, so of awesome. Jesuit. University <laughs> of Jesuit. Exactly what it is. All right, guys. Coming up, free agency has happened. Where does that leave the Trailblazers? We're going to talk about that when we come back right here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 